Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. What a busy and strange weekend it was. Officers confiscated 484 pounds of bologna at the uh, border. That's right. Uh, 44 rolls of Mexican bologna uh, hidden in the truck's toolbox and under a blanket on the floor of the vehicle. The items were confiscated and the driver was issued a $1,000 fine. This took place at the El Paso, Texas border. (sighs) Then... 285 pounds of cheese was found trying to be snuck across the border, sneaked across the border, hidden. Uh, 285 pounds of cheese found in a vehicle hidden under a blanket. Apparently, blankets make everything disappear. Officers opened uh, the boxes and discovered multiple blocks of bags and cheese. The items were taken and the woman was fined one thousand dollars it is not uh it's not good to try to fool mother nature or the border patrol bob evans recalling more than 7500 pounds of italian pork sausage due to a possible foreign matter contamination the raw italian sausage was sold in one pound packages at grocery stores and retailers nationwide the contaminated sausage products which by the way bob evans sausage is Probably one of the finest products on earth, along with Jimmy Dean. Uh, The contaminated sausage products were produced on September 8th, and the company recalled them after customers complained they were finding thin pieces of blue rubber in the sausage. They notified the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food Safety and Inspection Service about the problem that issued the recall. So recalled products include any Bob Evans Italian sausage with a lot code of XEN3663466, and used by freeze-by date of November 26, timestamp between 1443 and 1525. You can also identify the impacted product by the establishment number 6785 inside the USDA mark of inspection. Or you can just go to the USDA site or just go ahead and take the sausage back to the retailer and get your money back. It's a pretty easy thing to do. Also, as long as we're on food and weird and strange things happening over the weekend, craft. Uh, Heinz, CEO, warned that because of persistent inflation, there will be more price increases in 2023 amid ongoing challenges that are hampering the food industry. So that means my ketchup is going up in price. The inflation is still hovering at 40-year highs, says the Kraft Heinz CEO, Miguel Patricio. Uh, It's drastically reducing the purchasing power of the American household as many companies have passed on higher costs to consumers. Wait, that's what companies do? They pass on costs to consumers? Those rich son of a... I can't take it anymore. But uh, just know that according to this, uh, according to Moody's Analytics, you're only spending $445 more per month buying the same items that you did this time last year. So, welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So I see a post from uh, some blue check marks over the weekend, Sebastian Gorka, Five Times August, and a few others 
had tweeted a post that Sebastian said was a trans barrister having a meltdown uh, because eight hours is too long to work on a day. Now, I don't, I watched this video and I'm going to play you the audio. I, I can't believe that it's real. Sorry, I just don't believe it's real. Now, I know that, uh, you know, it's being posted by some blue check marks, and that's wonderful. I am a blue check mark, by the way, at JeffyJFR on Twitter. I know there's been all kinds of reports that uh, Elon is uh, now going to start charging, uh, you know, a monthly fee to be a blue check mark. Who knows if that's going to happen? I know that he commented on a tweet uh, that, uh, with the term interesting the tweet was a poll how much would you pay to be verified and get a blue check mark on twitter five dollars a month ten dollars a month fifteen dollars a month wouldn't pay uh 81.2 percent of the votes uh over a million uh when i voted uh said wouldn't pay and that's the one he said uh interesting so are you going there are people that pay for the twitter blue now uh, it's supposed to bring you, uh, you know, more access and different access, but, uh, just to have a blue check mark. Ooh, that's a, uh, I think not. Uh, I think not. Uh, with, uh, the promotion that Twitter gets from us, maybe I've been thinking a little too much of myself, but the promotion that, uh, Twitter gets for us promoting being on Twitter as a, even anyone, but for sure, a blue check mark is well worth what they're thinking about charging. But I digress. Anyway, the video that uh, I saw that uh, drives me insane because I don't think it's real, but it's pretty good. And it's a worker behind uh, behind Starbucks in the back room of a Starbucks, of the barrister. Look, and uh, I guess it's a trans. Uh, he, she talks about being, uh, misgendered in the video and it says, I have a full beard, <laughs> but this person is upset that they have to actually work. People wonder why we need a union at Starbucks and I I'm literally about to quit. Oh, like, no. I, I don't know if I'm going to do it, but, like, I really want to. I almost. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I really want to. Do it. No one is stopping you if you're unhappy. Quit. Walked out today, and I'm crying in the back room right now, and I almost cried on the floor. It's just... <sighs> oh, no. I, like, I get, I'm like a full-time student. I get scheduled for 25 hours a week, and then on weekends, they schedule me the entire day, open to close. I'm on the schedule for eight and a half hours. That's nice of them. You can make some extra <laughs> on money. Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. I'm like three and a half hours into my shift. There's so many customers, and we have four people on the floor all day. <laughs> Uh, there's so many customers and there's only four people and I am in the back room making this two minute video uh, and I get it he's probably this is his break all right we'll say this is his break her his no it's his he has a full beard and it's not a full beard by the way it's just uh, some uh, facial hair uh, underneath the nose that could be constituted as a mustache and some facial hair underneath the uh, chin uh, but not really uh, what you would consider a full beard, but. Only five people were put on the schedule and somebody had to call out. And there were four people. Now there's only four? four. There's so many customers and there's possibly scheduled five people. 
Oh no. We only have 13 people employed at this store. Oh my god. So many customers. Maybe you, maybe you should get the phone. That might be somebody calling in to say, hey, do you need help? We don't have fair scheduling. Managers don't care about us. Our manager was supposed to come in this weekend, and he took himself off the schedule. So we wouldn't that be bastard. To be held accountable for calling out. He just literally tore down the schedule that he was scheduled on and put up a new schedule where he wasn't on the schedule. Also, he couldn't have even seen that he was scheduled in the first place because <laughs> he didn't bastard. want to be held accountable for not wanting to commit. Yes. <laughs> Okay. They don't want to help us. Perhaps you should study to become a manager. Then you could take yourself off the schedule if that's actually so. We need a union because this can't happen. This can't happen. We need fair scheduling. We need managers to hold themselves accountable for helping their workers. They were... A union is not going to help you, bro, but go ahead. Used to turn mobile orders off. We need the liberty to be able to do that because there's so many mobile orders and I need to get through all of them. And then people are yelling at me because I don't have their orders ready. I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. Uh, just uh, Maybe you tell them, I'm sorry, I don't have your order ready. You can holler all you want. It'll be ready as soon as I can. I can't turn off the mobile. I can't turn it off. <laughs> And a customer was misgendering me tonight, like, oh, really no. badly. I didn't have their order ready. And so they were just, like, talking, talking to each other. And they're like, she's clearly incompetent. I have a full mustache and beard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, clearly. I mean, you, you're upset because maybe you just get the people their coffee. But the whole misgendering thing drives me insane who cares it doesn't matter what the fuck <laughs> I don't get accommodations for being neurodivergent I don't <laughs> like I can't like I, people get out of me it's my sick time I don't even know what to do anymore I'm like at my wits end with this job I really am <laughs> and I just okay well quit then just quit. If you're at your wits end, just quit. That cannot be real. It cannot be real. Now, I'll grant you that in today's world, it's very possible that that's real. But I find it very hard to believe that that's real. If that is, uh, we need to rethink. Let's just leave it there. We need to rethink because, Wow. Speaking of rethinking, we need to rethink perhaps how we get our meat. Yes, you heard me. We need to rethink how we get our meat. From small family farms to your dining table, Moink gives you access to the freshest, sustainably sourced meat and fish, all while supporting American family farms. You can help save the family farm and get access to the highest quality meat on earth when you join the Moink movement today. Moinkbox delivers grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. I mean, it is nothing like getting that Moinkbox delivered straight to your door. It's so nice bringing it in, opening it up, going through it. It's awesome. I mean, Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did. And as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm 
obviously does it better. The Moink difference is a difference you can taste. You can feel good knowing you're helping family farms stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breasts to pork chops to salmon fillets and much, much more. Plus, you can cancel any time. The much, much more list is, of course, the bacon. I love the Moink bacon. It's probably my favorite part. Although... So the ribeyes are pretty good, and so are the salmon, and so is the pork chick, and so is the chicken breast. You know what? They're all fantastic. <laughs> I know uh, Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary. He called Moink's bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted. Uh, he agrees with me. Uh, then thank you, Kevin, for agreeing with me on the best bacon they've ever tasted. Ring doorbell founder Jamie Simonov jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. I don't blame him. Uh, plus, they guarantee, this is a guarantee from Moink, they guarantee that you're going to say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got Moinked. And you think, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But when that box comes to the house and you're in the kitchen and you're opening it up and you're taking things out and deciding what you're going to eat right then, uh, what you're going to cook up and what you're going to save for later, you're going to say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. It's a guarantee. You have to. Keep American farming going by signing up at amoinkbox.com slash jeffy right now. Now, moinkbox.com slash Jeffy right now. And listeners to this show, get free filet mignon in every order for a year. One year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. But it's for a limited time, so get on it. Moinkbox.com slash Jeffy right now. M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Jeffy. Moinkbox.com slash Jeffy. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <sighs> yes, I'm here. It means I didn't win the Powerball. Stop looking at me like that. Although I will say no one won the Powerball. Uh, I know that somebody won a couple of million dollars from Florida. I know there were a few uh, million-dollar winners from California, Maryland, Michigan, and Texas. As far as I know, I was not one of the million-dollar winners, but no one won the big jackpot. So now the drawing is tonight, October 31st, Halloween 2022, for an estimated $1 billion. <laughs> Cash value $497.3 million. That would be sweet. As if the $800 million, you know, on Friday would not have been enough. But a billion dollars. Uh, $497.3 million cash payout. That is uh, generational changing for anyone who wins. So, good luck. And I hope it's me. <laughs> I'm willing to share $497.3 million, but wow, that be, would be incredible. Happy freaking Halloween. And just so you know, if someone asked, it's the second largest Powerball jackpot and the fifth largest lottery jackpot in U.S. history, if someone wins. If no one wins, it will roll over and probably blow into the top easy because you're already at a billion 
So it's just going to continue to get bigger and bigger. But we're at a point now where someone uh, someone will probably win, right? But and I hope that it's I hope that it's you. <laughs> oh, I sure do. And I mentioned it's Halloween, so be careful out there. Uh, cars kill more pedestrians, or as my mother used to call them, pedestrians, on October 31st than any other day of the year. And traffic advocates want to change all that. You, of course, know why this has happened, right? I mean, it's because uh, for years now... <laughs> We've had dangerous street designs. <laughs> and it's because uh, of, as a function of America's long prioritization of cars over pedestrian safety. And despite widespread awareness, cities have historically done little to make Halloween safer for children and their parents. Apart from, I don't know, sharing safety tips like reminding drivers to slow down and suggesting kids wear reflective tape and bright colors, which would help, by the way. But apparently we've seen an uptick in street carnage, according to this article, inflicted by American drivers. So right now, uh, you're looking at uh, 43% on Halloween increase compared to other, other nights in the U.S., and this comes at a time when U.S. is facing record traffic casualties. I didn't know that. Uh, the U.S. is now facing record traffic casualties with pedestrian fatalities at their highest in 40 years. I'd be interested to know if that's actually true. But you know what? We'll go with it out there. Look both ways before crossing the street. How about that? And we can rethink. We can go back to earlier. We can rethink things. Sure. Let's rethink this. Let's take a little bit of personal responsibility. It's Halloween. You're driving through a neighborhood. Drive slow. There's no need to get anywhere fast. There are parents and children out running around. It's Halloween. Also, when you're at the coffee shop and the barista says, I can't, it's so busy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have your coffee. <laughs> Just instead of saying, you know, she's obviously incapable or he's obviously incapable, depending on the full beard. <laughs> Maybe you just don't say anything or just say, you know, get it to me as fast as you can then, please. Okay. Just make work as fast as you can then, please. Does that make it seem like they're not working as fast as they can? Well, you know, maybe if you weren't in the back recording a video, you could have been making a few extra coffees. Just saying. Plus, uh, I don't know. I didn't know that a city <laughs> in Minnesota was the Halloween capital of the world. I did not know that. Now I see where we talked about the giant pumpkin that was grown earlier, but this particular pumpkin, 2,560 pounds is the largest in U S history. Okay. So that's being carved into the world's largest jack-o'-lantern. That's going to take some carving. Now they apparently they've nicknamed this particular pumpkin Maverick. Oh, I wonder where they got that from. I bet it's from Tom Cruise's character. Yup. 
So this broke the U.S. record for pumpkin size when it won the World Championship Pumpkin Way-Off at Half Moon Bay, California, earlier this month, which uh, we've talked about the Half Moon Bay competition. But uh, the man who grew the massive pumpkin brought Maverick back to his home in Anoka. I believe that's how you pronounce it, A-N-O-K-A. Now, Anoka, Minnesota, apparently is known to be the Halloween capital of the world. Okay. So they're carving Maverick into a giant eagle in front of Town Hall, which is great. And man, it's just wonderful. And I want everyone to want everyone to have a happy Halloween and enjoy, especially the city of Anoka, Minnesota, as you are the Halloween capital of the world. And I'll give you my yearly little tip on how to get more candy. Uh, I've given you this tip before. And I uh, want you to know that it's from my heart to you to get more candy. Or at least have your children get more candy. But really, it's for you to have more candy. So, uh, the thing is, when you have kids and you go trick-or-treating, people, you go up to the door and you trick-or-treat, which I make them say, by the way, I despise the just coming up and expecting the candy you got to say something i don't care if you're shy you can say hello but say something you can't just open your bag or hold out your little candy container and expect to get candy no 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 you got to do a little bit of work but that's just a little pet peeve of mine however uh what you do and when you go out trick-or-treating with your kids is you always carry a little extra bag for you to carry that more candy in Okay, because when the kids go up to the door, if it's a little kid, especially the people look at the little kid's container and go, oh, there's only a couple of candy bars in there. And they always throw extra candy bars in there because they feel bad for the little kid. So when you're a little, when your child comes back to you, take your handful and put it in the bag so they don't have to carry it all. Obviously, I mean, you're helping the kid out, but you're keeping less in their little bag so that that gets them more every time they go up to the door. I'm telling you, it works and it works good. You walk away, you've got a bag full of candy by the end of the night. Your kid has a lot of candy and you have a lot of candy. And I'm not talking about the little, you know, trick or trunk or trunk or treat or whatever the heck that thing is that all the church parking lots have and plus you got to work for a little bit of that too so everybody just expects to get the bag you got to do a little bit of work for it but to actually go out and trick or treat and go house to house in neighborhoods uh, you got to work on a little bit and be prepared to carry an extra bag for your kids so that they of course get more candy not that there's more candy for you to eat once you get back home just uh, you know you're welcome you are welcome Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Well, who died today? Who died today? In 1986, along with Elvis, Chuck Berry, and a few others, he made the inaugural class of inductees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and joined the Country Hall of Fame this year. He won a Grammy in 1987 as part of an interview album that was cited for the best spoken word recording, and he received a Lifetime Achievement Grammy in 2005. The following year, Whole Lot of Shaken was selected for the Library of Congress National Recording Registry. A classmate at Bible school, Perry Green, remembered meeting the killer years later and asking if he was still playing the devil's music. He answered, yes, I am. But you know, it's strange. The same music they kicked me out of school for is the same kind of music they play in their churches today. The difference is, I know I'm playing for the devil, and they don't. Jerry Lee Lewis, the killer, dead at 87 years of age. Right, we heard that he was dead, and then they said, no, he's not dead, and now we hear that he is dead. Born in Faraday, Louisiana. Of 1935. The killer, very sad, very sad. I'm a card carrying member of the Jerry Lee Lewis fan club. I love Jerry Lee. I've seen him, I don't know how many times I've seen him now live. And he was awesome. Just awesome. I saw him once. I, I may have even talked about this. There was one time we saw him. He had just gotten out of the hospital. He was playing in some dive bar. He came walking in with his yellow tux on, man. He had his, it was so, he was so cool. He was just badass. The killer, man. And then I saw him in, well, the one time I saw him in New Orleans, he was awesome, man. We saw him on a riverboat. He was jumping on the piano and playing. I mean, it was just a great show. It was a killer, man. The killer, Jerry Lee Lewis. Very sad. Rest in peace, killer. Uh, Rest in peace. Then we had another person who died today. Uh, D.H. Pellegro, drummer for the Dead Kennedys and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, died at the age of 63. According to reports, he died from a blow to his head after falling Friday in his Los Angeles home. He died from head trauma caused by an accidental fall. Okay, so D.H. Pellegro, uh, dead at the age of 63. A couple of tragedies uh, where uh, hundreds of people died. Uh, Halloween tragedy in Seoul, South Korea. 153 people, mostly in their 20s, were killed in a crowd crush in Seoul's nightlife district Saturday night. It was the first Halloween event with no COVID restrictions. Drew an estimated 100,000 partiers, and authorities are being questioned about the safety measures they had in place. Well, yeah, I mean... And once you get uh, streets full of people, something bad can happen. You can quote me on that. And then in India, they had a bridge collapse, this walking, swaying bridge, with 132 people, I think, are confirmed dead, and maybe more will be found. Mostly, you know, a lot of a lot of elderly and young children. Uh, amazing. It was built a long time ago. Uh, in the 19th century, uh, when, during British rule, uh, it was, you know, just full. People were there for celebrating. They were there for the Diwali celebrations and, uh, it got overloaded so far. A couple, a couple hundred people have been rescued. 
uh, and uh, they fell on top of one another, and the bridge just collapsed due to overloading. The pictures were horrific. Uh, sad. I mean, I'm sure once you got out there and you realized, crap, there's nothing I could do when it starts to swing and you start to feel that it's getting too heavy. There's too many people. Oof. I mean, that is... That was not good. You could quote me on that too. Uh, you're hanging out there on that bridge and you realize that uh, the front of you is going down. It's all going down. And so it's amazing. So apparently a video shot before the collapse, it was swaying and people were gripping the netting on the sides. Yeah, because they realized that it was uh, it was close. And it gets a little scary out there. So of course, there'll be criminal cases and investigations and why it happened and you know, what safety measures weren't or were not taken, but very sad. A couple of tragedies uh, around, uh, around the world, one in India and one in Seoul, South Korea, over this holiday weekend. Uh, they weren't celebrating Halloween in India, though. That was the Diwali celebration. And as long as we're talking about, uh, well, life and death, I see a new poll uh, by a YouGov poll that uh, shows majority of Americans want the death penalty for murderers. How about you? A poll surveyed 1,500 adults between October 16th through the 18th. The margin of error is approximately 3%. Do you favor the death penalty for murder? Uh, yes, always. Looks like it was about, uh, I don't know, 17 or 18%. Yes, sometimes, depending on the circumstances, 55%, something like that. Uh, no, the death penalty is wrong. About the same as yes, always, a little bit lower. And then don't, uh, I don't know, was, uh, looks like, <laughs> I mean, how do you not know? It was about 10%. That's incredible. So, uh, I mean, people are okay with the death penalty. I know many people say, well, if you if they get it wrong, then how can you be for the death penalty? But look, there's some horrific people found guilty of doing some horrific things. And we have to be able to, I don't know that it stops crime, right? I don't think it's used. You can, you can say that it's a deterrent, but really it's more of a, to make us feel better. Someone who does something horrific we feel better about making sure that they're no longer on the planet and i mean that can't be wrong can it so paul's place what happened over at Paul's place? When Nancy is away, Paul will play. <laughs> we talked a little bit about this on Friday because the news started breaking uh, Friday morning about the attack on Paul Pelosi, the husband of Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. And uh, wow, boy, did it take on a life of its own over the weekend. Uh, just incredible. Some of the headlines that, uh, here, I'll just give you the headlines. All right. Uh, Schellenberger, Pelosi attack suspect was a psychotic homeless addict estranged from his pedophile lover. 
New York Times, who is the man accused of attacking Nancy Pelosi's husband? LA Times, accused Pelosi attacker David DePappi spread QAnon and other far-right bigoted conspiracies. Glenn Greenwald explains why journalists are terrified to question Paul Pelosi's narrative. Police say there was no third man, only two people in Pelosi's home at time of break-in. Attack on Paul Pelosi hints at a significant capital police failure. Uh, don't blame both sides. The right is driving political violence. That's an opinion piece from the Washington Post. New York Times, Pelosi vilified by Republicans for years, top target of threats. Hillary Clinton blames Republicans for Paul Pelosi attack. Pelosi and Kavanaugh murder plots show media double standard. Where's the outrage as the left calls for violence against MAGA Republicans? Here are six videos Democrats calling for violence of physical confrontations that are still active on Twitter. Yeah, Maxine Waters, Ted Lieu, Cory Booker, Yakin uh, Castro, John Tester, Nancy Pelosi. Just incredible. Uh, Nancy Pelosi says she'd use physical violence against Trump. Yeah, that was at the January 6th. Bill Maher says Paul Pelosi attack as part of a cold civil war in America. Civil wars, it's not going to be like the last civil war. It's going to be this kind of stuff. And I think when you shut off that valve of letting people talk, I think that stuff only gets worse. Thank you, Bill. Uh, liberals who mocked Rand Paul for getting attacked by neighbor expressed sympathy for Paul Pelosi. Yeah, no kidding. So uh, we had, those are just some of the headlines coming off of uh, the weekend. We know uh, just incredible amounts of, and it's not disinformation, it's just information that we want to know what happened. Uh, we hear a partial part of the story, and then we want to know, well, wait, there's got to be more to it. There's no way that there's not video of this uh of this, maybe not of the actual attack in the house, but video of how this person got onto the property and in the house. Uh, this is not possible. Uh, well, it is, I guess if you say, okay, well, the security was turned off, but if they're being guarded, uh, then there's no, that security should not have been turned off. None, any of it should not have been turned off. She's the third most powerful person in the United States, if not the world, uh, whether you like it or not. So the security had to have been there and it had to have been upped when her house was vandalized not long ago while well, someone painting stuff on her garage and stuff in San Francisco. And it was reported that her neighborhood had upped the security around for the neighborhood because they were concerned about uh, the safety. So generally not just your personal security, but also neighborhood security. So how did this the poppy get in and get past all the security and in the house just want to know i'm not saying anything nefarious i just want to know how that happened i uh i in the stories i'd like to uh, you know it's it's funny how we believe that the hate speech online extremism fed the pelosi attack did it does it well okay uh does that's what terror experts believe do you Okay. All right. Fine. Whatever you say. That's fine. We got you. Uh, they're claiming that the 911 call, when he left the phone open, he was saying that he was a friend and it was David. That was some kind of code. He was trying to remain calm. Uh, the uh, 911 operator realizing that it was, uh, you know, there was something dangerous going on. Let's see. Someone called 911 and uh, she thought that there was something dangerous going on. Whoo, man. Good job. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, then uh, the police say that they entered the home, and that's when they told them to stop. They were in some sort of struggle, and that's when this DePappy guy 
grabbed the hammer from Paul Pelosi and hit him with it. And that's when he was uh, taken down by police. Not shot, not killed, but of course arrested. I heard that, was he arrested or was he sent to the loony bin? I don't know. Uh, Was the hammer his? Did he bring it in with him or was the hammer in the house? And that's what Paul Pelosi was trying to use as a weapon to protect himself and had it turned around on him from this uh, intruder. I don't know. Are we ever going to know? I don't know. Is Paul Pelosi ever going to come through it? Look, he's an 82-year-old man, and he got beaten uh, and assaulted. Uh, No matter how old you are, that takes a while to recover from. And as an 82-year-old man, you're looking at uh, some recovery time. And it wasn't that long ago he was in an automobile accident where uh, the uh, airbags were deployed. So, could I mean, the man could still be hurting from that. So it's going to take some time to actually get the story, which is why we need the video and, uh, you know, the, the entire 911 call. We, all we have is the 911 operator talking to the police. We don't have him talking to 911 and him speaking in code when he went into the bathroom. Uh, it's going to be, I'd like to know what happened with that. Uh, we know that, uh, and we're never, look, it's, the war has already started on the information around this stupid case. All right. I know that we're all mad at Elon now because he posted a story that uh, had, was a, from a conspiracy site that was posting stuff about the guy being gay and that this was a gay meeting from him. And so that he ended up deleting it, which I wish he wouldn't had, which he had not done that. He should have just left it there, but he deleted it. The thing is, he was replying to a Hillary Clinton. Nobody talks about this. I don't understand. They're all mad at Elon for posting this conspiracy story from the, I forget what stupid site he posted from. But it was in response to the Hillary Clinton tweet. So Hillary Clinton, who tweeted a Los Angeles Times story about the suspect's belief in the QAnon conspiracy theory, and she tied the assault to Republican rhetoric. So then Elon tweets this conspiracy story and says there's a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye. Yeah, so she gets to uh, post her stuff about Republican rhetoric and the QAnon conspiracy theory, but you're pissed at Elon for posting another conspiracy story uh, just because in answer to, to Hillary's tweet saying there's a possibility there's more to the story than meets the eye. Well, okay, you got me, no problem. I just, there's so much that we don't know about this story. It's incredible. And what we do know opens up the door for a hundred other questions of what happened. So, okay, let's, uh, I'd like to just have these questions answered. And will we ever get them answered? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, we're going to, each side is blaming the the other, which is never good. Uh, we leave out stuff. I mean, I saw a story this morning that talked about, uh, you know, we both sides of the aisle have condemned the assault. It comes after recent threats against Justice Kavanaugh, AOC. Uh, the I loved how they worded this, as well as the 2017 attack on House Minority Whip Steve Scalise. Uh, that wasn't just a Steve Scalise attack, okay? That was a mass shooting attempt 
on uh, a lot of <laughs> Republican lawmakers. Okay, that wasn't just Steve, but we've just turned that into the Steve Scalise shooting attack. Okay, all right, fine. Uh, the Rand Paul attack. Uh, lawmakers uh, made fun of that forever. Uh, and so according to uh, U.S. Capitol Police, they claim that they've investigated 10,000 threats last year alone, up more than 100% since 2018. Sure, okay, do I believe that? Yes, I believe that they say they've investigated 10,000 threats. Were there actually 10,000 threats? No. Were there actually 10,000 threats? Real threats. I, I find that hard to believe. I find that hard to believe. But, you know, okay, so there is. That's their job. And to investigate it and find out if it is actually real or if it's just someone going off going off the deep end and not really going to act on this. So we'll see. But, I mean, I, I am interested in, uh, in the outcome of the Paul Pelosi case. And the real outcome is that Paul was injured badly in an attack and, you know, that should happen to no one. So I hope that he makes a full recovery and that he's fine. I would like to know how the guy got into the home. I would like to know what happened. Uh, I'd like to hear the 911 call. I'd like to see the video footage uh, surrounded in the neighborhood and in the homes. All the pictures of the neighborhood after the attack shows all these houses. And they've all got cameras. Let's see them. Let's see the footage. And I think my favorite tweet of the weekend was, uh, so if we're to believe the media, a rainbow flag waving nudist prostitute got up at 2 a.m. Friday morning, decided to create two random websites with hundreds of posts about QAnon and Big Brother in the dead of the night, then stripped down to his underwear, grabbed a hammer, and jogged all the way to Nancy Pelosi's house miraculously breached two layers of max level secret service security designed to protect the third most powerful person in the world with nothing but a hammer and some tidy whities and finally shouted where's nancy before smacking paul in the head with a hammer in front of cops without being absolutely riddled with bullets this guy is basically effing jason Bourne. He could breach two layers of federal security in an assassination attempt, but didn't bother to check if Nancy was even in the country. LOL. Okay. That's another thing. This Nancy chant, where's Nancy? Uh, that doesn't mean that he was chanting for her or wanted to hurt her, which they've really turned that around. He just wanted to know if she was there. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, just such a weird, weird thing. So we're to believe that he harmed Paul because he couldn't get to Nancy. Okay. All right. You got me. Anyway, let's just hope that the facts that we do actually find out the facts. And when we do, you'll hear them here on Chewing the Fat for sure. Because, uh, I mean, I have fun with all the conspiracies. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, uh, I, there's some fun, fun conspiracies of what Paul could be doing at 2.30 in the morning on a Friday in his underwear with another man. But I would like to know the truth. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.